So that's the thing though, isn't it? Loss and how we interpret and what we see as loss in this world. Loss is always labeled as something negative, as something, you know, well, negative. It was, it's, it's, a, it's a deterrent. We don't want to lose things. You know, don't watch out. You might lose this. You might lose a chance. You might lose opportunities. You might lose money. You might lose somebody. You might lose whatever, your, your mind. <laughs> you might lose your sanity. Loss. We see loss as such a bad thing. We lose a game. We lose a, you know, we're up to, we, we go up to a challenge and then we lose it. And it just, it just feels wrong. Loss, 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 loss. But what is loss really? We sort of think about it a little bit differently if you can. I'm going to challenge you to think about this. Nothing in life really is a gain or a loss. Um, literally, uh, gain and loss is extremely subjective. It's not really objective um, because that's a human construct that we gain something and lose something. Yeah, you can have a basket full of marbles and then you add a marble and you gained one marble. I don't think anyone would argue that that's objective, but the value of that entire process, the entire exercise of you have five marbles, now you have six. What's the value in that? If there's no value in it, then it's not really a game. It's just simply addition. So the concept of loss and gain to humans, to people, to us, is more about the intrinsic, intrinsic value or lack of value in whatever we're talking about, what we're losing and what we're gaining. But similar to the concept, if you will, as Janis Joplin put it, that tomorrow never comes, man. It's all the same fucking day, man. Similar to that concept, there really is no gain or loss. What we do have, though, is learning, you know, experience um, and growth and progress. That's how we should look at things. Loss is so easy. Loss is about pain. Loss is about regret. Loss is about sadness. Loss is about anger. Uh, loss is about feeling low, insecurity maybe. And then gain. What's gain? Gain is always labeled as positive. We've gained something, so it must be good, right? Yay, gain, gain, gain. But here again, we're not really gaining or losing. In theory, we are seeing the value of things as being less or more. And often when something is very valuable, then it evokes pain emotions, right? When we lose it, quote unquote, we no longer have access to it. We can no longer control it. We can't see it. And that's what's difficult about loss, lack of control. That is actually what we're losing. We're losing any semblance of control over something or a concept that we once had and we don't like it. It's very uncomfortable to lose control. And so when you lose an opportunity, as it were, and that's a loss, then you don't, you're not in control of that situation anymore. You had possibility of being in control and you no longer have control. Now it's over. Somebody dying that you're close to, um, obviously, is a significant loss and it's going to hurt no matter what. But if you really look at it, what it is, is also there's no control. You have no control of the situation. You can no longer be around this person and talk to them. It's out of your control completely. That's really what we're talking about. Lack of control. But I think where, where I'm going with all this is that when it comes to loss, we don't realize how much we're losing on a daily basis when we see it as a lack of control. Self-control and, and ideas of self-control and discipline and all that are espoused constantly um, everywhere about what's so great about being 
you know, in control of yourself and having self-discipline and being focused and determined. And it's all very, very wonderful and positive. And I get the reasons why people talk about it. And you should be at least somewhat focused on what you're trying to accomplish and have some semblance of discipline. But when you have a lack of discipline, when you have a lack of focus, when you have a lack of purpose, you have no control. And when you have no control of a situation, that's when you're losing. That's when you've lost. When you don't have what you think you need or want, and every day that goes by, you're not doing anything towards it, and you have no focus, and you have no idea in your mind how to go forward, but you think you might be, you have no control. Complete, utter lack of control. And when we lose control, this snowballs into other feelings. And that's kind of the crux of everything today. When we lose control of a situation, when we lose control of ourselves, when we lose control of somebody that's important to us, it feels like the biggest loss of all. We don't understand how that, how that control went away. And we don't like that we can't get it back. And so that's one of the reasons why we resort back to things that we've lost that maybe were probably better for us to have lost, but we go back, we try it again multiple times and uh, can't regain that control. Maybe there was never control to begin with. That's what we're searching for is control. Ipso facto, we're searching for ourselves. We're searching for a purpose. Control really is more about having a purpose because control is another thing that's relative um, and we put an intrinsic value to it as humans. Control, not controlling a car, but what do you mean to have your life under control? That means that whatever your value system is, Whatever you consider to be important and vital towards what you're trying to do on a daily basis and to your existence, whatever you consider valuable and good and purposeful for you, you're doing it or most of it. Therefore, your life is under control. That's one way of defining it. If your values and your effort are somewhat aligned, then you're in control. It has less to do with what you've accomplished and more to do with are you doing the things that are in line with everything that you consider important and valuable in your life. So since most of us have the opposite of that, most of us are out of control. Most of us have vices. Most of us have bad habits. Most of us have jobs we don't like. Most of us um, look around the world, whether it's the news, social media, whatever, and determine that the world is a terrible place and people are always mad. There's a lot of negativity that, that feels completely out of control. So we float and we float and we float. Um, and this floating has to be, it's a void when you don't have purpose, when you're just floating with no purpose, that is a void. And all voids, all vacuums need to be filled. Whether they're abstract ones or literal ones, these voids need to be filled. And when your void is control because you don't have a sense of purpose, so you have no benchmark of to determine, are you in control of yourself or not? you don't have a purpose when that void is there it has to be filled and what does it get filled with it'll often get filled with like i mentioned earlier vices that's the obvious one but it also get filled with things that aren't helping you with things that are going the opposite taking you in the opposite direction of what you want to try to accomplish usually or more often than not they're doing nothing for your gain 
You're just spinning your wheels. You're going through the motions and you're labeling it as, Hey, this is okay. This is, this is fine. This is good. <laughs> right? A little coffee cup and the sitting in a burning house, sipping coffee. This is fine. So where am I going with this for real? Well, The lack of purpose is a problem that has always you know, been around. So something that, you know, just kind of pervades through society. There's just enough humans in the world and not enough things to have purpose about to keep everyone satisfied. But more often than not, humans individually, we don't have a purpose. It's hard to discover what that is. We talked about that in the last episode. It's hard to find out exactly what ours is. Some people, it's very clean cut, very obvious, and they know. And other people, they want it, they don't know how. And other people have no clue. So like I said, we fill in that void, whether we mean to or not, with other things. Invariably, it's going to happen. See, a complete and utter lack of purpose, even if we don't fill it with a void, with, fill the void with anything at all, generally leads to very bad things. Okay. Not limited to, but including suicide. Complete lack of purpose, nothing filling that void. It's hopelessness. And if you start thinking about the universe and existence in, in a more expansive way, the classic existential crisis could hit you. What am I doing? What's the point of all this? You know, where am I in the scheme of things? And the scale of things is so overwhelming. You wonder, what is, what is the point? What's the value here? So you don't want to necessarily go that route, though it's it's a healthy exercise to think that way as long as you don't let it, can, you know, overwhelm you and control you to the point where you can't function. It's not uncommon for that to happen. But what I mean to say is when you have when you have a void that needs to be filled, it's going to be filled by things, whether you control them or not. And purpose is the biggest void most of us have. And when you're looking, whether intentionally or otherwise, for that purpose, for that reason, it is so easy to fill that void with things that aren't helping you. To the point where not only do a lot of people purposely continue to fill their void with the things that aren't helping them, they will go further. They will fill that void with things that are not only not helping them, but they're hurting them. They'll take it even further than that. And they'll do those things that are hurting them and claim that they want to. Claim that they're good and this is actually what they want and then they go to the final level which is claim that it's good claim that what it's that's what they want and that if you say otherwise then you're wrong you have a problem you don't get it why are you trying to ruin everything why are you trying to blah 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 they internalize it and then they externalize it their own self-destruction now is your fault because you tried to say something about it I mentioned earlier vices, and of course, that is the most obvious and common one. How many people are addicted to things? Many and varied drugs. Alcohol, of course, being the main drug. Caffeine, hell. Um, everything. There's so many different ways we fill that that void with that. Um, this is, I don't have any sources to cite right now, but I am confident when I read about it and saw the videos and whatnot about the sources being valid. But I had learned about um, a study that was done on multiple soldiers returning from the Vietnam War. This is actively during the war and right towards the end of it. Multiple soldiers in America returning from the Vietnam War, presumably injured or discharged. And uh, a large amount of them 
were addicted to heroin. And they found out that of the soldiers that came back that had an addiction, over 95% recovered very quickly from their addiction and moved on to normal lives. Relatively normal, considering what Vietnam did to a lot of soldiers. And the study was, why is it that so many people, so many soldiers, had such a success rate in getting off of heroin? I mean, there's a lot of factors, but what was determined as the core factor or the core takeaway, if you will, from that whole exercise, that whole study, was that the soldiers were no longer in these absolutely horrific environment uh, environments that made them get on the heroin to begin with. When they were out of it, now they didn't have that void. In, in, in war, what is your void? Security, safety, uh, comfort. There's none of that in war. It's fear, fear for your life. I mean, the worst kind of fear. Witnessing horrible, horrific things, etc. Pressure, you know, like pressure from, from the situation that you're in, pressure from everything. The whole situation is just bad. So there's a void. No void, no security. So when you shoot heroin, then suddenly that at least is assuaged a little bit, right? And so you become addicted to it because that is a huge void when you're dealing with that situation in war. So the heroin turned it off temporarily. So that's a fairly extreme situation, but soldiers come home, they need to get off heroin and they're willing. They're willing because addiction is, uh, beating addiction is partially your willingness to try to fight it. Um, and you know, lots of other factors, including the physical uh, dependency and all that has to be handled. But when you're out of the situation, suddenly you have a sense of hope. You no longer have the void of endless fear, hopelessness, witnessing horrific events. You can replace what's missing with something of substance. Hope alone is enough. Relief, right? So the determined was that addiction is less about physical, chemical addiction and more about environment. That was the takeaway. I'm oversimplifying this entire study, but the main takeaway was that environment led to addiction. And if you extrapolate that further, then we're looking at filling that void of lack of purpose in your daily life, not so much in Vietnam War, but in your daily life, you have no purpose. You have no sense of real purpose. So you fill it with other things and you're filling it with other things because your environment is conducive to that. In other words, your environment is not conducive to filling you with satisfaction and with hope and with fulfillment. Now you might think to yourself that I'm trying to say that your environment is completely out of your control and therefore you're a victim. Uh, I try to, I try to deter you away from victim mentality. Anyone who's listened to my podcast before always knows that. Some, some of us aren't absolutely victims. Most of us have been victimized of something, no question. But what I mean by your environment is an environment that either you're literally in, you're physically living in. It could be the environment you create in your head based on your perception of things, based on your traumas that you've gone through and the way you succumb to fears. It could be a lot of factors, but you are living in an environment you know, either mental or physical or both that is causing you to fill your void with heroin. And heroin, you know, <laughs> historically is not good for you. And a lot of things that we fill our void with uh, isn't good for us, but we, we decide that it is. And then when you're like someone like myself who says, hey, unpopular opinion, uh, alcohol is not that great. It causes more problems than you want to admit. It causes more problems for you than you want to admit. It causes more problems for society than perhaps you want to admit. 
and no other drug um, has a higher ratio of causes actual problems and death to marketability and acceptance. There's no other drug with a higher ratio uh, than perhaps maybe caffeine. <laughs> and you might think to yourself, because when I say this kind of thing, people say, um, why are you taking alcohol? Well, alcohol is pretty prevalent and the, one of the main things that we fill our voids with. And I've seen and witnessed alcohol destroy people and families and relationships and um, creative efforts are often associated with drugs and alcohol. But anyone who's been through all of that, especially older artists, will tell you there's a limit. And for the most part, you suffer. When you do that, the art suffers. So people think, oh, so what are you, some kind of a, you know, prohibition guy? You should ban alcohol? No, you shouldn't ban alcohol. You shouldn't ban cannabis. You shouldn't ban caffeine. Lots of drugs shouldn't be banned. I'm definitely not of, a, of the banning uh, <laughs> opinion. But I am of the observational opinion, and I've watched us fill voids with chemicals, especially alcohol. So when I say that, for example, which is not what this whole episode is about, but when I say that about alcohol, I'm not coming from a place of, certainly not coming from a place of religion or overly pious kind of morality. It's a place of experience and observation. And we see the problems that society feeds us um, when you step out of it. You realize that we literally are filling our voids of well, lack of purpose voids. We're filling it with things that don't help us and actually hurt us. We're doing it willingly. We're marketing these things to one another, not just alcohol, but all kinds of things. Um, we're marketing it to one another. We're pushing it to one another. We're defending it to each other. And we're doing it regularly under the premise of not only is this what I need to do, but this is fun. This self-destructive, intrinsically, absolutely suicidal behavior whether it's drugs or alcohol, whether it's another type of behavior that we're filling that lack of purpose with, we not only defend it, we honor it, we promote it, okay? We celebrate it. That's, in my opinion, how far it's gone to the point where we are literally celebrating self-destructive behavior um, at a point and a level that I don't think we've seen in a while or ever. So I'm here to tell you that your lack of purpose isn't just going to waste your days away while you watch YouTube or whatever it is you do. Your lack of purpose is adding fuel to the fire of society, the void and the hole in society. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not saying that you've ruined the world. I'm saying that your lack of purpose is bigger than just you. And I see it as a, not so much a burden, but a proper responsibility for me, who sees myself as someone who must create things. That's how I am. I like to create music, art, whatever. Whether I'm good at it or whether people like it, it's not relevant. I like to do it. It's what I need to do. It's what I have to do. I feel that's my responsibility. Because the more purpose I have, the less of a burden I'm going to be on society. And maybe, just maybe, I'll bring some joy to people through whatever it is I do or make them think or shock them. It doesn't matter. If I do something, if I have a purpose, I'm not just another vessel. I'm not just another vacuum sucking in the self-destructive things that society is just drowning in. I'm not absorbing that and perpetuating it, at least not as much. Certainly not perfect. And I have my vices. And I've gone up and down with my own vices as well over the years. 
So I'm not trying to say that everything that's a little bit, you know, out of control and a little bit reckless is terrible. We're humans. We're going to push limits. We're going to push boundaries. We're going to, we're going to do all those things. It's just who we are. We're going to get drunk. We're going to get high off our ass and go do something. We're going to watch porn. We're going to do things. And, and morality is very subjective. And, and we're not here to discuss any of that. I'm telling you, what purpose do you have? If you have a the, the very clear, obvious purpose that you are inspired by and motivated by, and you're doing it and you're trying to just letting it consume you to the point where you are fulfilled and happy and you always want to do the next thing, the next thing, whatever it is you're doing, that purpose, you want to do the next thing. If you're happy and excited by it, and you want to have a fucking drink, go have a drink. I'm not trying to say that vices are bad. When we fill that void with other behaviors um, or chemicals, It's bad enough that we do that. It's really bad when we justify it. It's really bad when we try to say that this is just the way it is. And this is the way it should be. You don't have to have some super profound, life-altering, super, you know, social purpose. But you do have to have something that moves you. And it's there. Everyone has something. But if you think it should be something, and you're pushing at that, and it's never working, maybe it's not what you think. I know. I know, guys. I know it's hard. I know it's not simple to find a purpose. And if you set out to do it, you're probably worse off than just stumbling on it because you're trying too hard for it. I know that too. I know that. What I ask you to do, what I'm begging you to do, is look at yourself objectively. What voids do you have? What are you filling those voids with? What behaviors? What activities? What thoughts? Are you replacing your lack of purpose with? Identify those. See how you can replace them because that's how we get rid of any bad behavior. We replace it. We don't just stop it. We replace it. Okay. So, and we all struggle with it, myself included. We all struggle with things that we have to have behaviors that are not good for us that we need to replace. But that's, again, that's the purpose versus void. Nature abhors a vacuum, and if there's a vacuum in you, something will fill it. So watch out for that. Anyway, that's my babble for today. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you have any questions, of course, shoot me an email, mbp at ninobatista.com. Always love to hear your feedback and ideas.